If we be honest, it took a great God to get us to where we are right now. Amen. It took a great God to pull us out of some situations that we put ourselves in. It took a great God to deliver us and to heal us from some things that we have been going through. Amen. And so in the presence of our great God, can we just give him the praise that is due him? Amen. As we... Give ourselves as living sacrifices on this morning. Lord, I give you everything on this morning. I hold nothing back from you on this morning, Lord. I stand naked and ashamed this morning, Lord. Have your way in me on this morning, Lord. Lord, change my heart, change my mind, change my ability to love, Lord. Change my ability to forgive, Lord. Lord, I am here. Have your way. Have your way. Before the word even comes forth, Lord, have your way. What I've been dealing with, Lord, have your way with that, Lord. And the things that are on my mind, that are heavy on my heart, Lord, have your way with that right now, Lord. Mm. Lord, before your word comes forth, speak to your people individually right now, to their situations right now. That is my desire right now, Lord. That before I go forth and minister, that the Holy Spirit already begins to minister. He's ministering right now to somebody. If you just give him the opportunity and the ability, he will have the ability to change some things before a word is even uttered right now. Hallelujah. Lord, we give it to you right now. Can we give it to him? Lord, we hold nothing back. We relinquish everything to you right now, Lord, so that we can receive the more of you right now, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We are so thankful for the visitation of the Holy Spirit on this morning. I don't care if there was no one here. If the Holy Spirit was in this place, just me and him, we would have church on this morning. And so I'm thankful for you all being here. Amen. I thank you for your sacrifices of getting up this morning and washing your face and brushing your teeth, combing your hair and putting on some clothes, thank God putting on clothes, amen, and making your way to the house of worship on this morning, amen. But I'm eternally grateful for the presence of the Holy Spirit that rests and resides in this place on today. Somebody said the Holy Spirit makes the difference. Yes, he does, yes, he does, yes, he does. Can I get a witness to that? The Holy Spirit makes a difference in my life, in my marriage, in my finances, amen. The Holy Spirit makes a difference in my mind, in my heart, amen, in my walk, in the way I talk, in the way I act. The Holy Spirit makes a difference, amen. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Before we go any further, amen, we want to uh, get our children, amen, and dismiss them for Children's Church on this morning, amen. We want our grown folks to be edified and fed on this morning, and we want our young ones to be as well, amen. So if you will just give us a couple of minutes so we can talk about grown folk business, amen. As I said before, it is wonderful to see you all here on this morning. It is so wonderful to see you here, amen, after some weeks, that, some of the weeks that some of you have had on this week, amen. I come to tell you that God is still a keeper. Yes, he is. 
I'm grateful for my wife being in the midst on this morning, being present. She's been gone for the better part of this week, amen. And there she is. There she go. There she go. I'm thankful for the one that God sent for me, amen. She's been gone, brother, for some days, and so if she come back and she, if she came back and she was fussing about some stuff, it ain't my fault because she left me unsupervised. <laughs> so it ain't my fault, amen. Ooh, it ain't my fault. It ain't my fault. Amen, amen. I, I hope that you all came in expectation of a word on this morning, amen. And if you don't, uh, if there's not enough time for you to, uh, To digest the word, all the word on this morning, amen. I, we got to go plates for you in the back, amen. Amen, amen, amen. For your hearing pleasure on this morning, we will be coming from 1 Timothy, the first chapter, and we'll be discussing the 12th through the 15th verse, amen. Thank you, praise team and musicians and ushers. Thank you, Justin. Thank you, uh, Elder Sylvia. Thank you for everyone who played a part in the success of this service on this morning. Amen. First Timothy, first chapter 12 through the 15th verse. Before we do that, let us pray. Father God, we once again come to you humbly submitting ourselves to your authority on this morning, Lord. Lord, it is our sincere desire that you be glorified on this morning and that your people be edified and that the enemy be nullified on this morning, Lord. We pray right now, Lord, that a word will come forth, Lord, that it's not traditional, it's not the same old same, Lord, but it's a word, Lord, that will cause your conversions in your people, Lord, to take place, your transformation in your people to take place, Lord, change in your people to take place, Lord, healing, deliverance to take place, Lord. Lord, as we submit ourselves to you on this morning, have your way this morning, on this morning, Lord. We give ourselves to you, Lord, so that you give your word to us. So, Lord, remove anything, Lord, that may cause a hindrance from your people receiving your word on this morning. Lord, we're eternally thankful, Lord, for your presence. We're eternally thankful for your word and your sacrifice. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. I, I believe that that was enough time for you to find our point of reference on this morning. Amen. First Timothy, first chapter, 12 through 15 verse. Everybody got a Bible on this morning? Amen. You can't go nowhere without your sword. Amen. Gotta take your weapon with you. Amen. I know that uh, my son Walt over there, he 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 always carries that thing with him. Amen. <laughs> but it's also important that we carry a word with us every day, because the enemy will pose some things to you unless you have a word in your belly you will find yourself in a difficult situation. Amen. First Timothy, the first chapter, the 12th to the 15th verse, and it reads, and I think I thank Christ Jesus our Lord who has enabled me because he counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry. Although I was formerly a blasphemer, a persecutor, and an insolent man, insolent means violent, amen, but I obtained mercy because I did it ignorantly in unbelief. 
And the grace of our Lord was exceedingly abundant with faith and love which are in Christ Jesus. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of who I am chief. Amen. May the Lord add a blessing to the hearers and doers of his most holy word. Amen. And on this morning, and I'm going to try to time myself. Amen. I don't want to go over. Amen. I just want to give you just enough. Give you just enough. Amen. To keep you interested. Amen. And to keep you engaged on this morning. Amen. And for a subject. For the sake of having a subject, I want to come from the subject of this is my story. This is my story. Amen. I need you to look to your neighbor and say, neighbor, he talking about this is my story. Amen. I, there's an there's a old mother from uh, Rock of Ages who she, she's the best seamstress, seamstress tailor, without seamstress. That, that in Hattiesburg and, and, and around, amen, Sister uh, Gillespie, amen, and I took my suit one day over there to uh, get it altered, and she's, uh, we were talking and stuff like that and talking about church, and she said, you know, one thing I hate is when they tell you to turn to your neighbor and, 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 and tell your neighbor this and tell your neighbor that, and when they tell you to shake your neighbor's hand because everybody don't wash their hands. <laughs> I said, you know what, Sister Gillespie, you're right. I said, but you know what? Sometimes when you talk to people and, and you share with people and sometimes even sharing it your story, you help people. Yeah, yeah. And so contact is important, amen? And so I need us to understand, th th we're talking about Paul, and, and one of the greatest things about Paul was Paul was very effective in the ministering of the gospel. God used him to to minister and to reach and to teach and to touch people and to connect with people, amen? And he did this by telling his story. He, he did that by, 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 by teaching people through the book of his life, amen? And, and here he is, he's talking to, to, to Timothy, amen? And Timothy was a young man in the gospel. He was a son of Paul, amen? And, and he, was, he was giving Paul some instructions, Timothy some instructions, amen? Because the people were resilient or, 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 or they rejected Timothy because of his age. It caused them not to receive Timothy and receive the teachings and the preaching of Timothy because of his age, amen. And one of the greatest things that causes people not to receive from some of us is our past. And so Paul began to tell his story to Timothy, amen. And it's important that we understand your story and how powerful your story is. And the reason I need you to understand that, because your story is your testimony. And so not only is this my testimony, my story, but this is my testimony. And so the Bible tells us that Satan, he's the accuser of the brethren, amen, and he accuses the brethren all day and night. You can be sure of one thing, that the accuser is telling your business. He is talking about you day and night, amen? And in our fight against the accuser, the Bible tells us that we have two very powerful things, and Revelation tells us we have two very powerful things, amen? The first thing that we have at our disposal in our fight against the accuser is the powerful blood of the lamb. The powerful 
blood of the lamb. There's power in the blood, amen. There is deliverance in the blood. There's salvation in the blood, amen. There's healing in the blood. There is protection in the blood, amen. And if you don't believe that, in the, in the Bible, it was the blood that was seen by the deaf angel. And when the deaf angel saw the blood, he passed over the house of the Israelites, amen. And so I need you to understand, because you're covered in the blood, there's something that just pass over you. There's some things that don't hit your house because you covered in the blood. There's some things that don't hit your children because you covered in the blood. There's some things that don't hit your finances because you're covered in the blood. Somebody say, thank God for the blood. Now, the blood is our most important weapon that we have, amen. But the second thing that we need to understand and we need to be mindful is, the second thing that the Bible tells us that, 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 that we use against the accuser is the word of your testimony. Now, you might not truly understand just how explosive and how powerful your testimony is, but let, let's look at that word testimony. The translated Greek word for testimony is materi materia, which means evidence. The root of that Greek uh, uh, word materia is the word martyr. Somebody say martyr. And so we are to use these two words, and we are to put these two words together. What this means is your testimony is the evidence of what nearly killed you. Your testimony is, your, is the evidence of what almost took you out. Your testimony is the evidence of what nearly made you give up. Your testimony is your ability to speak freely because the enemy's job is to shut your mouth up. It's to close your mouth, amen? But the more that you testify, the freer you feel. The more you testify, the more delivered that you are, amen? Your testimony is your counter to every accusation, every lie that the enemy will lodge against you. So your testimony is very powerful, amen? And so we need to understand that in your testimony, we need to understand that you need to testify that the Lord will make a way because he's a way maker. He made a way before. He'll wake and make a way now. Amen. The Lord will perfect that which concerneth me. It's working in my favor. It's going to work out in my favor. Amen. Our testimony tells our story. Our testimony tells of the goodness of God. Our testimony, it frees us from the past. And I don't just mean 10, 15 years ago. I mean the past couple days, the past couple weeks, the past couple months, amen. And so Paul, he was this man with an amazing testimony. And one of the reasons why Paul was so effective is what uh, is why one of the reasons why Paul was so effective was because he was not proud of his past. And because he was not proud of his past, and although he was not proud, uh, proud of his past, he didn't allow his past to shame him. The most powerful thing that the enemy can use against any one of us is our past. It ain't your money. It ain't him. It ain't her. It's your past. Sometimes the biggest things that work against us is our past. No, I need you to understand the enemy knows that. He knows that. 
And if your future wasn't so bright, he wouldn't keep bringing up the darkness of your past. If he didn't believe that your future was so bright, he wouldn't keep showing you who you used to be. Knowing who you going to be, amen? And so he's threatened by that, amen? And so no one is a greater example of this than Paul. In his former life, Paul was one of the greatest known persecutors of the church. He was certified. Googling, amen? He was a bad boy. And he attested this in Acts 22 and 3. He says, look, I'm a Jew born in Tarsus of Cilicia, but bought into this city at the feet of Gamaliel, instructed according to the strict manner of the law of our fathers, being zealous of God, even as you are all of this day. And I persecuted this way unto death, binding and delivering into the prisons men and women. In Paul's letter to Timothy, Paul was testifying of the goodness of God, amen, how he had transformed and converted him, amen. And Paul's evidence was his life, his own life, amen. God had transformed him, transformed someone like him, turning Paul from a persecutor of the church to a preacher of the church, amen. Turning him from a murderer to a minister. And I believe that that same power is at work today, amen, as we look at our brothers and our sisters, amen. Paul's overall point was that if God can change him, God can do anything. <laughs> I believe that God can change a gang member to a church member. I believe that he can turn a peel head into a praise team member. I believe that he can turn a wayward teen into a youth into a youth minister, amen. He has that ability, amen. And that's why our stories are so important, amen. And so in the word testimony, also, when we look at it in the Hebrew, it means to do again. Somebody said, do it again. So when you give your testimony, you're not speaking, you're not just speaking of what God did, but you're setting the stage for the miraculous to happen again. It's already done. And he's about to do it again, amen. Not only has he it's already been done, not only is he about to do it again. But he's doing it right now. Somebody said, do it right now, Lord. In Psalms 119 to 99, I need you to understand this. The psalmist says, that I have more understanding than all my teachers. For thy testimonies are my meditation. What does that mean? It means it doesn't matter what the problem is because I can't get my mind on how God worked it out before. I can't have my mind focused on sickness. Because I'm already thinking about how God already healed me. My mind is fixated on how God has been good in the past. So whatever comes to me, it can't get my attention because my mind is fixed on how good God has been. <laughs> and if he did it back then, <laughs> come on now. Somebody said, do it again, Lord. When we look at that, that Psalm 119 and 99, it says that he talks about how uh, he has greater understanding than his teachers, amen. And I know some of us have had some great teachers in, in the past, amen. And some of the lessons that they have taught us still resound right now. We're still reminded of the lessons that some of our teachers have taught us in the past, amen. But your testimony of how God is good and how God is great how God can heal, how God has, can deliver, and how he has done it in the past, 
That's the greatest lesson that any person can ever teach you. More than any human teacher teaching you any human knowledge, the fact that I know that God is great and he's been great in my life. He's delivered me time and time again. He's healed me time and time again. What can the enemy do to me that, the, that our Lord can't cover? What hole can I find myself that he can't pull me out of? <laughs> what bill can he not pay? <laughs> what can he not do? I have history with him. And because I have history with him, I have a destiny, amen? Come on now. Paul understood that he could not tell his story and not talk about the goodness of God. I don't know about y'all, but I can't tell my whole story and omit of how good God has been in my life. If you really want to know my story, it points to glory. <laughs> it points to grace. <laughs> That's my story. <laughs> Amen. And so Paul, he, he, he's talking to Timothy and, and he says, Paul, Paul says that he is thankful because it, it is Christ Jesus, our Lord, that enabled him because he kind of Paul faithful. Amen. Somebody say faithful. Yeah. Putting Paul in the ministry. Now, out of all the things that could have counted kind of Paul out, out of all things that should have disqualified Paul, Christ saw something in Paul. Christ saw that Paul was worth saving, so he changed Paul's life. He saw that Paul was worth keeping, so he cleaned Paul up, amen. He thought Paul was to die for it, so he sacrificed his life for Paul. And not only Paul, but for Brian, for Sylvia, for Phil, for Taj, for TJ. That's the same testimony that we all have, amen. Paul said in the past he was a blasphemer. He, he spoke against the church, and by doing so, I spoke against Christ. He said, I, I was a persecutor of the church, and by doing so, I acted against Christ. Paul said he was an insolent man. I was violent against the church, amen. And, and by doing that, I was violent against Christ, amen. And so what this shows is that, and, and he says, I, I did this because I was ignorant. It was unbelief, amen, and, and that's, the, that, that, that's, that's, the, that, that's the power, that's the, that's the curse of unbelief. Because it may start with words, but if you don't have Christ, because we know that God is love. And if you don't have love on, you, on the inside of you, you might start off as words, but words going to turn into actions. Now words going to turn into actions, amen, but you might become violent. And so he's showing a comparison, amen, because as he said before, you know, I, I, I was a blasphemer, I was a persecutor, amen, I was an insolent man, amen. And as he goes on, he says, and the grace of our Lord was exceedingly abundantly with faith and love which are in Christ Jesus, amen. What he understood was that I don't deserve it and I didn't desire it. I didn't want it. And I sure ain't worth it. <laughs> but grace. <laughs> but grace. I didn't buy it, but it's all mine. I didn't earn it, but it's all mine. Somebody said, but grace. 
but grace. But grace. But grace. Lord, but grace. Ooh, but grace. And because he understood that he was a recipient of grace and he understood about this grace, amen, he began to believe. Grace was the first thing, because he understood grace, it caused him to believe. And because he believed and he received, he got love. And so now, because he didn't, he was unbe- he unbelieved, it happened to hate. His belief produced love. And so he started to look back over his life and he started to see that everything that he was doing against the church, he was doing against Christ. And until we get to a point in our life, until we see our brothers and our sisters, and we understand that I'm not doing against my brother, I'm not doing against my sister, I'm not even doing against my church, I'm doing it against Christ. That's when you start to believe and to understand and see, and that begins, and, and change starts to happen, and transformation and conversion starts to happen in your life. I don't show up for y'all. I'm just going to be honest. <laughs> I don't show up for y'all. I show up for the Holy Spirit. I show up for God because God called me faithful, and he called me into the ministry. That's why we should do everything that we're supposed to do. Because God called you faithful. And he called you to that thing. And if he called you to that thing, you ought to at least give your best to do that thing. If he gave you his best, why can't we give him our best? When Jesus was called to do what he was supposed to do for us, he did it without murmuring and complaining. Matter of fact, when they had him on the cross, He said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. And so what he's trying to tell us that for some of us, forgiving people should be easy because we need to understand they don't know what they're doing. Because they truly have not received Jesus. They really don't know Jesus. And when you don't know Jesus, you don't see Jesus. (laughs) I don't see Jesus in my brother. I don't see Jesus in my sister, amen? And so it's hard for me to receive my brother when I can't even receive Jesus. And so he goes on and he says that I am the chief sinner. And he shuts it down right there, amen? I am the chief sinner. I'm the greatest of sinners. And the greatest sin that we can have and the greatest sin that we could commit, it ain't stealing or cheating on somebody or anything like that. The greatest sin that we can commit is rejecting Jesus. That's the greatest sin. Amen? And so Paul's there, he's telling his story, amen, and I told you I'm not going to be before you long, amen. I got my, my clock running, amen. And so Paul, he, 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 he's pointing to the amazing grace of the Lord. I, I didn't deserve it, but it's all mine. I didn't pay for it. It's all mine. Amen. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. A wretch like me. A wretch still undone. 
Because Paul is not saying that he's been delivered, truly delivered, because I'm still fighting this battle. I'm still the chief sinner. Until we realize I'm still a wretch undone. And if I don't keep running for the Lord, my past will catch up with me. If I don't keep running for the Lord, my shame will catch up with me. If I don't keep running for the Lord, my guilt will catch up to me. We have no choice but to keep running for God. Amen. Because the more that we run toward him, the more we become like him. Amen. And so there are three things that we need to understand. Amen. There are three things. I told you I ain't going to be for you long. I'm going to hit you in the gut. I'm going to give it to you. Go on on about your business. Amen. Three things. First thing, our stories connect us. Scripture tells us that you are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Amen. And so for some of us, we can't be so consumed and concerned and focused on getting our shine on. Because not only are we supposed to be lights, but we're supposed to be links as well. Paul was an apostle. Paul was an ambassador for God. He spoke for God, amen? And so if we look at what an ambassador is, amen, ambassadors are the ones who stand in the gap working to form relationships between their home country and the foreign country that they're assigned to, amen? We are to be a link between God and the unsaved. We are to tell our stories. Our stories are to link people back to God. We are not so be focused, so focused on getting our shine on that we can't shine the way toward Jesus. Amen. We are to be links and not just lights. Amen. We are to connect people to the gospel. We are to connect people to God. Amen. Through our conversations, through our interactions. Amen. We are to be links to God. You know what a link is on the computer. Amen. You press that link and it takes you to something else. We are to be links. The second thing, take control of your narrative. Others are quick to write you off, amen, but you need to determine who or what writes your story. In Hebrews 12 and 2, it tells us that Jesus, he's the author and he's the perfecter of our faith, amen. And so we need to taking control of our narrative. I don't know if anyone knows the name Byron Allen by show of hands. Who knows who Byron Allen is? A couple of y'all, okay. Back in the day, Byron Allen used to be a comedian, amen. He used to be on TV shows and such, amen. But through the years, he has turned himself to be into an entrepreneur, amen. He's, been, he's done very good for himself. Right now, he's engaged in a lawsuit between Charter uh, uh, Communications and Comcast. Byron Allen wanted to uh, purchase some networks, amen, but uh, Comcast and Charter uh, Communications have basically denied him the right and the access to buy networks, amen. And so he was talking to a guy, amen, a, a white gentleman, amen, and the white gentleman was having a, a, a baby, having a daughter, amen, and he was talking to the guy. And he said, and the guy, I, I don't believe, understood the full extent of why he was trying to do what he was doing. And he said, well, you got a daughter, right? You just had a daughter. He said, how important is it for her to see images of how, or representation of herself on TV? He said, I would think it would be very important. 
He said, well, I want my daughter when she grows up. I want my daughter, and I want to take control of the narrative of how she sees herself. He said, I want to be, I want to take control of how the story is told. I want to be the one who tells the story, amen? Because I want her to be able to see TV and see herself more than just a crackhead. I want her to see herself as more than a prostitute or a maid, amen? I want her to be able to see the endless possibilities of who she can be and not the limitations that people put up on her. So you need to take control of your narrative because the enemy will not show you who you can be. The enemy can't show you your potential or your possibilities. All the enemy wants you to see is your shame and your guilt. Every channel that you turn to, your past is showing. Something that you did, your failure, your mistakes. Take control of your narrative, and you'll take control of how you see yourself. Number three. Number three. Choose how your story ends. C.S. Lewis said that God doesn't send people to hell. He honors their choices. In Joshua 24, uh, 14 and 15, Joshua, he, he asked the people to make a decision. He advised them to, he said, he says to put away their false gods, amen, their false idols, and to, to serve God, amen. He says, and if it seems evil unto you to serve Jehovah, choose you this day whom you will serve, whether gods which your fathers served that were beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land ye dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Who you serve, listen to me, who you serve and what you serve will be the end or the beginning of you. If you serve the enemy, if you serve sin, we all, we all know the, the, uh, 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 the scripture, the wages of sin is death. So if you choose to serve sin, you know what your expectation is. God's not sending you to hell. He's just honoring your choices. <laughs> That's all he's doing. God's not even, God ain't not even sending you to heaven. He's just honoring your choices. You need to choose today. Which route are you going? Where am I going? That's going to be the end of your story. Amen? Amen. Paul, Paul was very proficient and effective in not shying away from his past. While some of us will shy away from our past, and the reason why some of us can't bring up, of our, can't bring up our past is because we haven't been truly healed of our past. We haven't been truly delivered from our past. And so the enemy is using our past against us. Amen? But when you get to a point to where you allow the Holy Spirit to minister to you and to heal you, the more that you can talk about your past, the more people that you can heal. The more people that God can use you to set free and deliver. Y'all, we're more, we're more than what we see here today. We're more than haircuts and hairdos and all that type of stuff, amen. 
Not only do we have a present and a future, but we got a past too. But they work together for the good of those that love the Lord. And so right now, I don't want you, and and, and as we said before, the biggest thing that the enemy can use against you is your past. Because sometimes with with your unresolved past comes hurt and shame and guilt and all that type stuff. But your story can change today. If you allow God to use that thing, don't run from it. And don't run from him. Don't shy away from it. We need to, we need to go to God with boldness and say, Lord, I did it. I said it. That was me. You can, roll, you can turn back the tape. <laughs> there I am right there in red shirt. That, that's me right there. Amen. Own your stuff. Don't let the enemy use your stuff against you. Own your stuff. When you own your stuff, you're able to use that stuff to get past some stuff. Amen. Y'all, this is Paul's story. But we all got a story. Your testimony is your testifying of how God pulled you out of some stuff. And not only did he pull you out of some stuff then, but he has the ability to pull you out of some stuff now. He healed you back then. And my testimony, because when you testify, it basically puts the power of God on repeat. And you just step into it. There are certain songs that you love and you put on repeat. You still listen to that song? Yeah. <laughs> listen to it four to five times. Amen. Your testimony is your story. Your testimony is your evidence that you give. Because when the enemy accuses you of being this or doing that, your evidence is that although I was a blasphemer, although I was a persecutor, Although I was an insolent man, although I was an adulterer, although I was a drug user, uh, although I was this, although I was that. Nevertheless, somebody said, nevertheless, when the enemy rises up against you and accuses you of being this or doing that, your response should be, nevertheless. Because nevertheless cancels out everything else. It ain't on me no more. It's on God. Nevertheless, amen. This is my story, and I'm sticking to it. Amen. Somebody get a word of God a hand.